Hi, I'm Marilyn Dennis, and this is Marilyn Dennis Does a Podcast. Dub Canada's most trusted contractor. This episode, I'll be chatting with Mike Holmes. Mike's reputation for quality, integrity, and honesty have helped him amass millions of fans around the world as the star of several award-winning Renault reality shows, including Homes on Homes, Homes Make It Right, and the most recent one, CTV's live channel, Homes Next Generation. Mike is also a father of three. Mike Jr. and Sherry followed in his footsteps into the trades and TV world, working alongside their dad to continue to make it right both on and off the screen. We're going to find out how Mike's getting back to business during this pandemic, what personal home projects he's been working on during this lockdown, and his advice on what you need to know if you're considering a career in the trades. Okay, let's talk with Mike Holmes. Hi, Mike. Hi, Marilyn. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for asking. How are you? You know what? I'm actually really, really good. I, uh, I, when I was filming in Vancouver and they shut everything down, I thought this was a real pain, but all of a sudden I'm at home and I'm really enjoying this time off. I haven't had a forced vacation, uh, I don't think ever. Ever. I bet you you have it. I bet you've taken little days here and there, and now this one is really, really pushed pushed the brakes on. So you are at your home. I know that you are not an idle man. So what have you been up to? Well, uh, I, I live on 10 acres, uh, so lots of work on the property. Uh, I started working on my shop, and then I was working on my garage. And then I looked at my deck. I've got a 1,400-square-foot deck. And it had some flaws, it had some problems. It's 12 years old, so I started taking it apart. I'm, I'm going to do a new floor. Next thing you know, I completely gutted it. Started with the structure, redesigned it, and we've been going at that for about six weeks now. Wow. When are you going to be done with it? I'm hoping two more weeks. I'm really hoping that uh, maybe three. So two or three more weeks. I want to do a big... Big reveal online. It's got a kitchenette. It's got a fireplace. It's got a TV. It's, you know what? I took out my hot tub because I wasn't using it, and it allowed me yeah. to turn that hot tub area into a kitchenette. Good for you. That's amazing. It sounds like you built another house next to your house. Pretty much so. Wait till you see it. Pretty much so. But it's it's something that is going to look incredible, and it's going to be great since we're at home. Like, why not enjoy yeah. that? Yeah. You know, I often think of people like yourself that are in the business and that are on television, that your house, not that it would fall apart because, but you're always helping other people with their homes and your house would probably have maybe a list of things to do, but probably yours is the last one to fix, get fixed. Am I right with that assumption? The shoemaker. The shoemaker always makes shoes the for someone else. Shoemaker. Yeah, yeah. Never has good shoes. Uh, yes. I mean, I try to work on my place as much as I can, but I work so much outside that everything gets left to the, you know, just the last thing. I'm the last guy that's going to do it. I still have a bathroom upstairs that's, what, 35 years old, my bathroom. And it's honestly, it's about time I do a bathroom. But since this COVID thing, I like the idea uh, of working outside. There you go. That's going to be the next thing that we're going to see online from you. You know, we are using our homes now more than ever. We don't really have a choice. I was thinking about the other day, I remember talking to somebody in the design industry a couple of years ago saying, 
you know, with laptops and everything, you, the, you, we don't need a home office anymore. Uh, we need home offices in that floor plan now more than ever. We need a place to sequester ourselves to do those Zoom meetings, to have quiet time. You know, so I'm I'm wondering how much when you when you're thinking about houses uh, and you've been in the business for a long time, floor plans have really changed, have they not? Uh, inside the house, absolutely yes, because it used to be so many rooms with doors, and that's what it was. Now everything's open concept. Now, I think that we're even moving to more windows, which we always should. We want that daylight to come in. Uh, more size outside, more livable space more than anything, rather than being cooped yeah. up in a little Yeah, a little room. But there's got to be, Mike, just the only request that some people have is we got to have one place where there's a door so we can have, like, quiet time. And it can't be just the new bathroom. The bathroom is the new office. I've talked to so many people about that. So I hear you on that one. I love that. So with everybody um, being at home, um, you know, I think at least for me, you take a look at some things that need to be changed and the, the rules are still the same, right? You, you still have to, there's some jobs you can do. There's some jobs that I wouldn't even attempt to do. And that's what make it right's all about because people make mistakes and you make it right. Well, I'll tell you right now, everyone's at home and what they're trying to do is do things themselves. And you know me, yeah. I'm never against that you do it yourself, but you can screw up paint. And the idea is to educate yourself as much as possible first, and at least then you'll have the opportunity to attempt it. Never play with structure, never play with electrical or plumbing, concrete, something that is above and beyond you. But cosmetically, man, you do all kinds of things. That's for sure. How about your construction teams? You as a businessman that you are, what, uh, I mean, we all have to be locked down for right now during this broadcast, during this podcast. Um, what, what, how do you see your business going? Are, are construction coming back? Is it going to come back slowly? What are you seeing right now? Uh, for us, construction has never stopped. So my crews mm -hmm. have always, working but through this pandemic uh it's really slowed it down and when you know plumbers would come in they don't want anyone else in the house okay i get it electricians and so on and so on this has made the jobs uh last a lot longer and cost uh, people more money but the market is still hot right now and i gotta tell you i got a lot of concerns about what's coming okay let's talk about that because that was my next question it's you know you can read my mind the markets are looking what now, like, are they, are they holding up okay? And what is the future? What are you seeing? What are you feeling? Okay. The markets are holding up. Uh, right now, everything's still hot. Everyone still wants a contractor as much as they can get them in. But the future that I see that is about to change is, you know, think about it. Nobody's really going to be going to bars much, not for a long time. Restaurants, malls. Mm -hmm. And now it's time to take a look at this and say, if that's the future, think of a mall for a moment. Okay. What can we do to make a change? And for, mm -hmm. for that to me, personally, I think we should take malls and honestly turn them into old age homes, condominiums, just take that big structure, have people live in it. It's wheelchair accessible, friendly, etc. And this is an opportunity for a change because I see the, the big malls going down. I see it going mm. back to the old and pa shop. Do you agree with me? 
Yeah, I do. You know, uh, years ago, and I know that you knew this, my, my mother was in, uh, uh, you know, a home and my dad would go visit her. And his concern was when she passed away, could he stay in his house and would he stay in his house? We put him all, you know, everything on the, the main floor. There were not a lot of things to choose from. There are not a lot of places to go. On the other side, like you say, with the, with the, with the malls, they're, they're, sometimes they have communities uh, in there that are like churches and things like that. But it is a concern that these big super malls will be sitting there empty. So is that the next thing? Is that the next call that you think that you're going to do or your teams are going to do is take some of those malls and retrofit them into a, a, a retirement home type of idea? No. And I think that this is something we need to look at because if this is truly going to happen and, and I get that feeling, no one's really going to want, they're going to shop online. We're doing everything online. What happens to the big commercial spaces? Opportunity yeah. for change is what we need to look at. And whether or not you turn it into an indoor living community of retirement homes and or families you can have clean air. You can have all these opportunities and still have little stores inside. So imagine living in a little city because that's what would happen if we took a mall and turned it into a livable zone. I don't know if anyone else is thinking this right now. That's my mind thinking. That's where I would go or I would push people to do because I truly believe the small stores are coming back. The small restaurants are going to come back because I feel not too many people for the next two years are going to want to be in a big, big group of people. Right. Listen, if you build something in a mall and it's called Mike Home City, I will be your first resident. Okay? You, Just put you know me by funny? a gym. <laughs> Pardon me? <laughs> you know what's funny is that years ago I said we should build a homes, uh, a homes dome, an indoor city that you can control absolutely everything. Wow. The air, the water, take it from the earth, put it back. And I always said that we could take an old uh, rock quarry because it has the water we need to supply that little, we'll call it the home city. But we should be building these type of things that we can control that environment from pandemics, from anything else. And I think this is an opportunity for that change. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. You were always thinking about things constantly. When did you, and you, when you were a little kid, when did you know you wanted to build and when did you keep being creative to do so? In other words, nobody really said you can't do that. Am I right? Yes, you are correct. I mean, my dad was jack of all trades, master of none, and I, and I loved it. I thought he was Superman. I thought he could do everything, but he was just a jack of all trades. And, you know, working beside him at three years old and doing electrical at six in my first basement at 12 I didn't know what I was going to become. It was just who I am. And for me personally, I still love this because, you know, I, I build with these hands. I design with this mind. And, and the outcome of everything I do still feels really, really good. I love it. I, just, I don't ever want to stop it. Uh, maybe I should just go into design. I don't know. But I, I'm just trying to say there's things that we can do. There's things that we got to look at. And from a catastrophe becomes opportunity. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that too. Let's talk about you being a dad. How about that? 
two of your kids are in your business. So when they said, when Mike Holmes Jr. said, I want to go in the biz or Sherry wanted to go in the biz, tell me about each individual child, uh, about how, let's say Mike Holmes Jr. came up to you and said, was he going to be ready to be a firefighter or something? And he changed his mind, changed the course. I tell you, when he was a young boy, I bought him a toolbox and filled it with tools. And I said, don't hit your sisters with these tools. I tried to bring <laughs> him in. I, I did. I tried to bring him in and, and say, come work with me. He was fascinated on playing these games. It was just nonstop. Mm -hmm. He wanted to be a fireman, a firefighter. And that's exactly what he wanted. And I, I, what I ended up doing was... In the summer months when he was out of school, I said, why don't you come work with me? I'll pay you some good money, and at least you got some money in your pocket. Bit by bit, summer by summer, he started to love what I do. And uh, now I'm proud to say that he's in the business. He's Sherry. in the business. What about, yeah, Sherry, I want to know about that. Because there's not a lot of women in the biz. No. And I always wanted Sherry to be. And I said, man, Sherry, you're going to represent women in skilled trades. But she wanted to be, let's see, a veteran, a veteran. That's what she wanted to be, a vet. And, uh, you know, I think the kids, when they're younger, they have this fascination of what they think they're going to do. And when New Orleans happened to us, and, and I, I said, make a right foundation. Okay, I own that. Right. Let's talk. And then, Sherry, would you like to come to New Orleans? Now, that girl loves to travel. And that was an opportunity for her to get on a plane and go somewhere else. She was one of the hardest workers in New Orleans and has never left my side. She is now representing women around the world, and I couldn't be more proud of that girl. You know, I've got so much to ask you about um, uh, the, the trades. I'm going to go right to that. Um, there, you are a great supporter and being very proactive about people getting the trades. You posted this message on Twitter. My son's friend, uh, this was uh, posted on Twitter. My son's friend is a licensed electrician and is working at a mall. Uh, a father and son walked by and the father said, this is why you need to go to school. So you don't end up like him. We've got to change our perception of the skilled trades. Like what, this, why is that a less than job? It's not a less than job. No. And, and this stigma of the construction industry in all these years has just continued. And I don't understand this. I don't, I mean, I'm the guy that says you can be a doctor. Uh, you can do, that would be great. A nurse and we can, you know, all these people, but I mean, I can, someone's got to build that hospital. Someone's got to build the houses you live in. And if we all have that potential to build better, build smarter, build healthy, why shouldn't you encourage your kids to get into the trades? Because this is an opportunity of a lifetime. It never stops. There is an unprecedented uh, rate of uh, unemployment right now. So for those that are listening to you right now and they're thinking about that, what kind of advice would you give them? Because you know, it's not, it's, it's it, like any job. It's not, it's not easy. You make it look easy, but I want you to talk about the, uh, the blood, sweat and tears that you had to go through to get where you are today. I mean, there is, the process is more important than the goal, but the process is not that easy. No. I mean, the first thing that it's going to take is that you have passion for it. If you don't have passion for anything you're about to attempt, especially in yeah. a job, you're going to fail at it. 
But the opportunity, once again now, because there's going to be so many people out of work, which we already see it, this is going to continue to fall downhill for the next year or two. Look at how many houses have been built in our history, in our lifetimes, how many buildings, how many bridges, roadways. This still like haircutting with more people. No, and by the way, haircutting is a trade. So don't just think of it as as uh, electrical construction or anything that I do. There's over 60 trades out there from IT, robotics, you name it, uh, auto mechanics. Mm -hmm. So this is an opportunity for a life change for you to get into something that is never going to stop because we got to fix these houses. We've got to build new houses. We're going to keep going. This isn't going to stop just like the haircutting that I just, I just said. Right. And if you're right, if you're good at it, you care about it. You've got an opportunity to make some really good money. So the benefits of this is that you'll never run out of work to be done. That's what the benefit is. Now, what type of a person, what, what type of a person does it take to be in the trades, though, if you were to describe that person, besides the passion, well, you, which is really important? You got yeah. to have integrity. You got to be willing to work hard. Never stop learning because one person doesn't know everything. And we're always coming up with great new ideas and new techniques, new products. Uh, we went from an airtight home that really wasn't a healthy environment. And we've taken that airtight home we're supposed to be more energy efficient and we've we've turned it into a healthy home this is important because when it comes to your kids we're going to do anything and everything we can to make sure they're good we tend not to think about ourselves but it is about the next generation so with that you just can't stop learning an open mind oh, dirty hands calluses and i tell you you're going to make money for it Okay, so let's talk about, uh, remember why you, you chose to become a contractor. Not just because your dad was a jack of all trades. Um, you, did you tell me you just you built your first basement at 12? That's incredible. I was 12 years old. I did all the electrical, all the plumbing, the design, the finish, the bar, the rec room, I, the bathroom, I did Who, everything. Whose basement? Well, whose basement? Uh, it was, was my, yours? No, no, it was my uncle's Okay, I was gonna go. Hey, I'd like to do your basement. Most kids go. Okay, most kids knock at the door and go, "Hi, can I cut your lawn? I'm only gonna charge you five bucks." You knock at the door and you go, "I'm gonna renovate your basement." All right, talk to me about that story. That's great. Well, I mean, I I knew how to do it. I I've worked with my dad all these years. So when my uncle asked my dad to do it, my dad said, "I'm too busy. Talk to my son." And so they talked to me. I did their whole basement. My dad would come in and take a look and he'd say, that's good, that's good, that's good. And before you know it, I was 19 and then I was offered under contract to run a very big company with a lot of employees. And that was the beginning uh, of what I am today. Uh, well, the beginning was my father, but I mean, it's the beginning of my real career. So then uh, uh, I'm going to say this to you. So you're very young and you're running things. When did you decide I need to do this on my own because I can't? There's a risk. But when you felt confident enough to do that? I, I worked for this company for almost three years. And uh, I realized that we didn't think alike. 
right? I'm, I'm the type of guy that's what's wrong, uh, but why isn't this working, what do we need to do? And I tried to encourage, remember, I was the boss, nobody tells me what to do. And he was right. a great guy, he was a great owner, I'm, I'll never knock the guy, but he wanted to go in a different direction. And I realized it's time I go on my own and I haven't turned back ever since. So when did you become, when did, who vetted you to do television while you're working away? How did that transition happen? Because I'm always curious about that story. That was a total accident. Um, I met someone at HGTV Studios about 21, 22 years ago. And uh, they asked me to build them a custom home. And I got to know them. I really started to like them. And I, I started saying, you need to actually have a thermal break here. I was telling this person what he needed in the home. And this person at the time said to me, no, no, I know exactly what I want, Mike. You got to listen to me. You got to do this. You got to do that. And I said, well, why are you hiring me? So I got all excited and I started telling them, I don't like the shows on your channel, bad information. I can tell there's no permits. <laughs> I went crazy for 30 minutes straight. And then, uh, he jumped up from behind his desk and he says, I want a pilot right away. And I laughed. I laughed. I said, I'm a contractor. I'm not a TV guy. No. He bugged me for months. And the next thing you know, I said, okay, I'll try this. I own it or I'm not doing it. And that's when Homes on Home started. I, I know that. I remember the beginning of that show. And uh, during that time, you and I became friends because we were both in the biz together. So, um, on that note, when did make it right happen? When did that term, where did you get that phrase? Has it always been a part of uh, your vocabulary? Yeah, my dad, uh, my dad would always say, if you're going to do anything, do it right the first time. And, and when I started this, we did the sizzle or the, the, the pilot. Yeah, I yeah. walked around and I said, this, we need to make this right. And, you know, it wasn't done right the first time. And it was right from the beginning that this all happened and it was Make It Right Productions. It was my production company. I'm a contractor that became a producer, go figure overnight. But at least the opportunity was that I had a say in it. And that was extremely important to me. That's really smart that you did that. You own your name, you own your property. So how many shows do you think you've done now, Mike Holmes? How many, how many do you think? Uh, have you counted? I think, I, no, I haven't, but I think it's over 500. And if you think about over 500, I mean, I built 22 houses in the United States for home free and gave them away. That's an awful lot of work. That's, you know, 20 years of television, almost 20 years of television. That just doesn't stop. But I haven't counted. I'm going to have to check. Check your numbers. Know those numbers. You know, everybody, you know, all the other numbers. You don't know that. I'm so proud of you. And, and, uh, I just think you do so great. And now you're with the CTV family. So that makes me even happier. We get to see more of you. And I love that. Um, let's talk about being a dad. Let's talk about um, one of the things I read about you is that um, the house rules, uh, and the, are these your house rules or did your dad start these house rules? Um, that to get things done, you would pay your kids or you got paid for chores. Do you, do you agree with that? Yes, I was a very disciplinary father. Eat over your plate, elbows off the table. Uh, if you wanted your allowance, because that's about that's about incentive. I'm, I'm going to give you five dollars a week. That's what it started with. But you got to cut okay. the grass, help with the dishes, 
take the garbage out, little things. I didn't, you know, I didn't make them do everything, but little things, because if you just give them everything, then you don't teach them that there's a reason why they need to do these things. And that's the kind of dad I always was and still am. Um, so do you think it's easier to be a dad when you were bringing up your kids or do you think it's easier to be a dad now? I think we learn like anything else as we go. I thought it was normal. And, and, you know, uh, when they were young, I think I was a good dad. I really, I really do. I think I became a better dad. I think, uh, you know, I, I gave them more love, more education, more teaching. It doesn't always mean they're going to listen, believe me, because yeah. we are all <laughs> happy, tend to learn by banging our heads against the wall until the bruises get so bad. Why not listen to dad? Dad is giving me advice. And did I listen to my dad? I think that's the magical question. Yeah. Did you all the time? I did. I did. I, I did. But I mean, when I thought that it was like, no, I don't agree with you, dad. You know, I could do this on my own. But in the long run, he was right. You know, save your money. Uh, don't live paycheck to paycheck. The little things that I should have listened to, I did not. And I think that's my point of what I'm saying for my kids. I would have liked them to listen to the things that I tried to educate. I helped them buy a house. I helped them set up, pay that mortgage off, get that equity. But they didn't like that monthly payment. They cut that payment down. And in the long run, they learned they should have listened. You must have been really tough when Sherry brought guys home to meet you. Huh? How, how difficult was that, Dad? You know, oh, by the way, you know my dad is Mike Holmes. You know what's funny? I think their mom was harder on them and so worried about them being with young boys. I was the one that was saying, look. This is going to happen. The, the girls are going to have boyfriends. I mean, it happened when you were young. So I wanted to meet their boyfriends. I wanted them to say, hey, you know, I'm Mike. What's your name? What's your intentions? Uh, and what I tried to do more than anything was to educate my daughters, both Amanda and Sherry, about life with boys, what it's going to be like, that it's not the same. Men and women don't think the same. And I tried to actually teach them at a very young age. And I honestly, I believe my girls came up so well that everything that I did do was a help to them. And, and maybe they did listen, not to everything, but they did. Not to everything. Well, of course not, because they won't. But, it, you know, let me tell you, I've got a 32-year-old son, and now he's coming back and goes, you know, that thing that you said about 10 years ago, and you've experienced that too with your kids. You know, it, they did hear it. It just didn't come up to like a while later, right? Well, what's pretty cool is that they can come back now and say to me, Dad, you were right. I want to say sorry and thank you so much. I love you. You know, like, I mean, we have a great relationship, me and my kids and my grandkids. You too. And yeah, uh, yeah that's what happens. Yeah. Well, sometimes, you know, I was told um, you are the parent. Um, you have discussions with your child. Uh, you're not your child's friend, and sometimes they won't like what you hear, but what you build at the beginning, and make it right at the beginning, it will replicate itself years later, and it sounds like you've done that. What are the top three tips for young dads out there, Mike Holmes, because we are celebrating Father's Day, and you are a father of three? Discipline, patience, and guidance is the number one things we need for our kids, because if we don't keep them in line, they're going to stray. That's just normal. That's human human instinct. 
Uh, the patience is learning that it's not so easy and that you have to stay on top of it. So that's the patience. The guidance, you've heard me talk about that. The importance of not just boyfriends, but life, bills, things that can come at you, pandemics for that matter. Mm -hmm. And you, let me guess, are a real softy grandpa, huh? That just got thrown out the window. Did it not? Uh, well, I am. You know what? I'm a soft dad. Sherry would tell you that I'm a big teddy bear because I believe yeah. that I should be friends with my kids as much as uh, be a father. So I tried to be a friend and the disciplinary dad when necessary. Um, all right. So it is Father's Day and we celebrate you and all the work that you've done. Um, and I want a takeaway from you about two things about being a dad in general, and I've got one for being a mom, but being a dad in general, when you look back. And the other one is about what to look forward to in the future as at when this lockdown is done. So being a dad in general, the takeaway is? Being a dad is probably the most wonderful thing that any man should, never mind could, experience. The opportunity to watch your kids grow up and become parents themselves is, I think, such a wonderful thing. I really do. I love my kids. I love my grandkids. I'll always be there for them as long as I'm here on this planet. Uh, it's, it's how can you take away the, the experiences all your life with your kids? You just can't. There's good and bad. The good will always outweigh the bad. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the future, I mean, I'm going to keep doing this uh, with my kids until, like I said, until the day I leave this planet. Uh, when it comes to the future of construction and with my kids in the business, I'm going to keep doing the best that I can do to guide people in the right direction when it comes to their homes, their health, and their children, just like I will continue with my own. Awesome. Mike Holmes, thank you so much. Where can people follow you? go on facebook i mean we're at we're absolutely everywhere right now i'm doing homes at home uh just to get to the people talk to the people and this has been funny thing this has been a really big thing this internet talking to the world uh way bigger than i would have expected i know who thought that was going to happen it's just it's all so different and you know, what I, what I miss not seeing you in person, my friend, but at the same time, if I need to talk to you or we want to have you on the show, we can make it happen very quickly. And I, I love that. I love that part of it. Well, I, uh, I, I'm going to hold you to uh, seeing and visiting with you again. And I want to be able to virtually have a cocktail on that deck of yours that is going to be the size of Ontario. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Holmes, thank you so much. I wish you well. All right, honey. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank okay, you. happy Father's Day, Mike Holmes. Marilyn Dennis does a podcast. New episodes every week. You can download or subscribe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.